0: I sense a plot to destroy the Jedi. Welcome to A Conspiracy in the Force. The show where we examine parallel conspiracies in a galaxy far, far away in a galaxy not so far away. The show is designed as an introduction to modern day conspiracy theories by using Star Wars, one of the most beloved fictional universes, as a point of reference. Let's begin. Episode 28, Subverting Expectations. Expectations can be a funny thing. Everyone out there can recall times when they expected something to happen or expected something to go a certain way and it didn't necessarily go according to plan or according to the plan that they assumed it would. This is true in real life as it is for TV, movies, and music. Content creators out there know that people have preconceived ideas prior to experiencing their products. This is most often due to their prior history with similar content. And sometimes they subvert those expectations, whether good or bad. Let's use an extreme example. For this example, I'll use my good Twitter friend, Greg, as an example. He really loves the metal band Machine Head, Okay. So let's say he goes out and buys their newest album, obviously expecting it to sound similar to prior releases musically. Now let's say he's driving down the road and starts listening to that new album And all of a sudden, it starts to sound like Phil Collins and Genesis pop music from the 80s. Sorry, Greg, I had to do that. He would probably drive off the road and curse the band out of existence. His experience with the band has now been tainted. Alright, so I get it, that's an extreme example, but you know what I mean. A lot of times, changes between similar content is minimal, and you can easily understand how this relates to that, because it's still relatively on the same playing field. However, there are some creators out there who thrive on subversion tactics, like we mentioned before. Subverting expectations can be used as a tactic to trick or deceive an audience by giving them something they didn't necessarily expect or anticipate. And true, this isn't necessarily a bad thing. You know, some of my favorite movies had subversions and plot twists throughout that you couldn't necessarily see coming, such as The Usual Suspects and Arlington Road. However, subversion can be taken too far. Think about it like a football game. A few years ago in the Super Bowl, the Seahawks were on the one-yard line about to score their winning touchdown against the Patriots. All they had to do was run it in from one yard out with their star running back. But what did they do? They threw the ball. They threw the ball. From one yard away. Why? It was one of the dumbest plays in sports history because it was intercepted and they lost the game. You know, this is a classic example of a coach getting too cute with their game plan, trying to be too tricky, trying to be the smartest person in the room, trying to subvert the defense's expectations. In Star Wars Episode 8, The Last Jedi, director Ryan Johnson did everything he could to subvert audience expectations around everyone's favorite character, Luke Skywalker. At the end of the previous film, The Force Awakens, up-and-coming Force user Rey had tracked Luke down on a faraway island where he had shut himself off from the galaxy for reasons yet to be seen. This was the first time that you had seen Luke in the sequel trilogy at the end of The Force Awakens. At the end of that film, she extends her hand to him, which is holding his lightsaber that he lost in battle to Darth Vader many years ago. Amazing dramatic music plays, and the credits roll. The film ends on sort of a cliffhanger. Would he take the lightsaber? Well, let's go to the next film, The Last Jedi. Director Ryan Johnson, in his... (coughs) infinite wisdom, sarcasm, decided the best cinematic decision would be for Luke to take the lightsaber from Rey, look at it briefly, chuck it over his shoulder, and walk away. Uh, what? Huh? Was that supposed to be funny? Because it wasn't. It was stupid. And it didn't fit the scene, it didn't fit the dramatic music, and it didn't fit everyone's expectations of Luke based on the original trilogy. In those films, he was a strong, courageous, selfless Jedi Knight. He treated his lightsaber with respect. He treated his duty as a Jedi with respect. This new Luke that they were presenting to us was completely foreign. Okay, let's be honest. We all change as we get older. For those who don't know, the sequel trilogy took place, you know, 35 years after the original films. So he would have been mid-60s. Some of us do get more grumpy or jaded over time, but in the, in the realm of Star Wars, our view of Luke was that he would never turn out that way. We had automatically assumed that he would continue his path on the light side, train new Jedi, and basically be the Yoda-like figure of this new trilogy. But what we got was someone who had completely cut himself off from the Force, was hiding out and doing nothing to help anyone. I mean, think about it. In the original films, he nearly let himself get electrocuted by the Emperor to save his father. He was willing to make the ultimate sacrifice to save the most evil person in the universe. And in The Last Jedi, why did we find out that he's been hiding away from everything? Well, he was upset because his pupil, Kylo Ren, turned evil. Kylo Ren. He was basically a little punk kid, a wannabe Darth Vader... Basically like Antifa Darth Vader, never going to really be Darth Vader. And that's why Luke set himself off from the rest of the world. Okay. By the end of The Last Jedi, Luke had changed his ways. He was able to help in the rebel cause and he subsequently died. But the damage was already done. We as an audience felt that this was a huge missed opportunity for us to see the Luke Skywalker we knew and loved. A heroic act at the very end of the film was too little too late. This is just one of several examples of subversion that Ryan Johnson used in The Last Jedi, which is by far the most controversial and polarizing of all the Star Wars films. And yes, that includes the prequels. It seemed that every major plot point, he decided to do a fake-out on the audience, to be the smartest person in the room. And I don't think it worked. You know, maybe one or two subversions here or there would have been okay, but to constantly use that tactic throughout the entire film was just exhausting to me personally and to many others. If you go on the film site Rotten Tomatoes, which rates films um, by a critic score and fan score, you'll see a huge discrepancy between the critic score for the film and the fan score from the film. The critic score was off the charts. The fan score was not great, and in my opinion... The fan score is more important, because critics aren't fans. While subversion in movies, TV, and music can be frustrating and annoying, it truly doesn't or shouldn't affect our lives that greatly. Yeah, I get it. I just spent several minutes going on and on about gripes in a Star Wars movie, but at the end of the day, I have a great family, a great job, and I live in a great country. So that supersedes my grumbles about nerd stuff. Subversion in politics. However, can affect our lives greatly. This upcoming election has the potential to greatly change how our country looks going forward. Those who hate and despise Trump see it as an opportunity to turn the page to greater and better things by electing Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. On the flip side, those who support Trump see it as a means to keep America great. If you've listened to my podcast long enough or follow me on Twitter, you already know where I stand on this. Joe Biden's campaign slogan is Build Back Better, which in my opinion sounds like a cheap version of Make America Great Again. Per his website, Biden is assuring the American people that among other things, he will make health care more affordable, create equality for all, curb gun violence, create more American jobs, and most importantly, he's saying he won't raise your taxes. Well, if you're believing that any of these things are going to happen, be prepared to have your expectations extremely subverted. Joe Biden is a career politician. For almost 50 years, he's been part of this political system. But what has he really done? One of his biggest career highlights is the 1994 crime bill. Which exacerbated the mass incarceration issue we have here in the US. And yes, it's true he was part of the Affordable Care Act with, as Vice President to Barack Obama, but those of us in the healthcare industry can attest how truly unaffordable this act was. Side note, it's simply amazing to me how the left's plans or programs are always the exact opposite of what they're named. For example, Planned Parenthood, Black Lives Matter, Affordable Care Act. It's just truly amazing how that works. So Biden says he won't raise your taxes. He says he'll only raise taxes on those making over 400000 So taking that at face value, let's assume he's right. Your actual tax rate will not go up. But does that mean you won't be affected financially? You have to really think about the trickle-down economic impact of what he's proposing here. One of the pillars of his program is keeping jobs here in America. How are you going to accomplish that by raising taxes on business owners with businesses here in the U.S.? How does that incentivize them to keep manufacturing here? As I see it, one of two things can happen. They could either outsource operations overseas or cut staff. In either case, if you're an employee of that company, you've just been taxed. It's a non-traditional tax. It's a tax eliminating all your earnings. Outside of the financial ramifications of Biden's election that his supporters haven't considered, there's the distinct possibility that he won't even make it through his first term. I mean, you have to be honest about this. Listen to him talk. He stutters, he mixes up words, and he's generally a train wreck each and every time he opens his mouth. Do you really think the left wants him to be president? No, he's just a puppet of the far left at this point. A catalyst to bring about change. But he's not going to be the one doing it. Kamala Harris, on the other hand, is far enough left to bring forward some of the more draconian tactics that we've already been seeing from some of the Democratic governors this year during lockdown. Would you be at all surprised if his health declined soon after inauguration? Because I wouldn't. I think that's been their plan all along. So let's look back at some of those main tenets of his plan that I mentioned previously and see how all these could go terribly wrong and lead us to an America we do, don't know or recognize and completely subvert the expectations of those who have bought into these ideas. One, making healthcare more affordable. It's already put out there that he would have Bernie Sanders run the healthcare system in this country. So that means Medicare for all. So goodbye private insurance, goodbye hundreds of thousands of healthcare jobs, and goodbye great doctors who won't wanna work for pennies under the minimal Medicare reimbursement system. Number two, Creating Equality for All. Equality, sure, as long as you fall in line with what they tell you equality is. Sounds to me, it's more or less raising one set of people over another, which is actually the opposite of equality. Just think about the feminist movement. It's not just about raising up women, it's about stomping down men. Number three, curbing gun violence. Taking away gun ownership, basically. Now the people have no means to defend themselves. Sounds like something a totalitarian government would do. And, and finally, four, create more American jobs and not raise taxes. If this backfires, American jobs will be lost, the economy will enter a depression, the stock market will crash, and Americans will be more and more dependent on the government each and every day. All of these sound like components of a fascist, communist government to me. I doubt that those voting for Biden really realize that that could happen. But maybe they should. It would be dishonest to me if I didn't consider the ramifications of a second Trump presidency as well. What could go wrong there? Well, if he isn't who we think he is, he really isn't out to drain the swamp, and is being controlled by equally bad people as Biden and the left... Then we may be in the same boat and screwed either way. I don't want to believe that, but you can never truly rule anything out in this crazy 2020. In closing, make sure you go and vote this November. This election is very crucial, and every vote counts. But just be aware, the person you vote for may not be the person you get. I'm speaking specifically about Joe Biden. May the force be with you.